Another space action podcast, you scummy and bilge rats, where we talk about pop culture, movies, and television. I'm your host, Deniso and Shama. And I'm Chris Carson. And that's the last impression that will ever happen on this podcast. And, was, yeah, I was try, I was try, I was trying to channel um, Batman there, but uh, <laughs> I got it. What's his fucking name? <laughs> Robert. Robert. Batons. Robert Pattinson. Robert Benson. I was trying to channel him with his sort of like a New York accent, but it kind of just came out Irish. <laughs> Maybe we should tell him what movies we're oh, doing. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this week. This week. What are we we're doing? Um, we're doing two this week. The Lighthouse and... And V for Vendetta, because this will be released probably on the 4th of November, but most people will be listening to it on the 5th. And, uh, yeah, again, ahead of the curve November. on that one. Is it an anniversary at all? What year did it come out? That's a good question. It came out in... 2005, so 14 years. Yeah, 14 year anniversary. Yeah. Sure, that's a good age. That's that's legal in that's some a, countries. See, AJ started drinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to, to drink because yeah. I grew up in Cornwall. <laughs> um, but do, do you want to start with the lighthouse? Fucking a. So um, I'm just gonna say right off the bat what I said earlier, which was I went to a big multiplex theater, and I got one of the shittier screens. <laughs> And the sound was muffled as fuck. So I didn't understand about 75% of the dialogue in that movie because it was just... Yeah. So I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And spoilers right out of the gate. By the end of the movie, when it's clearly like um, um, Prometheus imagery happening, I was like, okay, so this there's something to do with some Prometheus <laughs> stuff here. But Defoe I don't even know. says it at one point. He even says straight up, like, your Promethean imagery is... Right. Like, yeah. And he invokes um, Poseidon's yes. curse yeah, and everything. That's right. When he doesn't like his lobster. When he doesn't like his lobster. <laughs> you like me cooking, don't you? Oh, so but, um, but so I had to... I had I felt like a dullard, because I was like, I, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about, but sure. I, I really do blame not being able to understand half of the right. goddamn dialogue. And so I looked it up, and I kind of found out from online interview directors with the interview or oh, directors with the interview interview. I still have raising a puppy, by the way, everyone. Uh, I'm still exhausted. How is Hanson? Hanson is uh, a Stampy from The Simpsons. <laughs> He's just a little fucking asshole right now. <laughs> I have bite marks all over me. We you can't. look like Weapon X on that one hand with the yeah. scars there. <laughs> it's uh, We can't get him to stop biting yeah, hands. So if anyone has any uh, puppy advice. Any puppy advice uh, to get a, a, a 10-week-old puppy to stop being... He doesn't... We looked at... We were a little worried, and we looked up the signs of aggressiveness of being like, is this him being a, a, a mean dog or just being over hyper? He doesn't have any of the signs of a mean dog. Poodle pointer? What was his name? P- poodle pointer. Poodle pointer. Uh, he's a, he was a... A hundred years ago, they decided to combine a poodle, uh, a German poodle. So it's like a, with a U. It's like a German poodle. And an English pointer uh, to create like a hunting dog. I don't hunt or anything, but I just... Uh, I got obsessed with the dog because it's the type of dog in Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Mm-hmm. And hence so, the name. Hence the name, Henson. And he's a monster right now. He's a, he's 100% a regret at this, at this, at this <laughs> how, moment. How old is he again? 
Uh, he's about ten weeks now. Ten weeks. He's, so I don't know. I still talk about he's about a one and a half year old. You also brought the the very salient point that he was taken away from the litter earlier. He was. So uh, not to, to get too many people to frown on me, but we got him from a breeder. But we did our research, and it's just an old couple who has some puddle pointers who they have a litter every year, and then they sell the pups just for a little bit of extra profit. So it seemed completely ethical. We went and checked out the place. It was a good place for them. But um, they did, I think they did give him to us a little too early, so he hasn't had the chance to learn proper bite, like, pressure and Uh, shit from his siblings and, like, when to dial back and everything. So he's kind of, we have to figure out how to... Anyway, he's a little batty, just like two lighthouse keepers yeah. named Tom stuck in a lighthouse. Stuck in a lighthouse. I guess we should give a basic rundown. That was pretty much it, right? Uh, the basic Did rundown is uh, two, two, two guy, an old uh, like um, sea dog, an old sea dog who's who's run the lighthouse for years and years, and then a new stranger comes in because he knows he can get good pay for watching it for a month. And then again, I totally missed it that the month happens in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And then he's waiting for the boat, and then just what happens? They're marooned. They get marooned there because, again, it's kind of in question of whether or not Willem Dafoe intentionally got him too drunk and missed the boat, knowing that the boat wouldn't be back again, right. or if they it was just a fuck up. See, and again, spoilers, spoilers. I kind of read it, especially in the scene whenever it's like you were chasing old Tom around with the axe. It was the other way around. Mm. That Pattinson's slowly been going nuts, and like right. any person, he's. Like any human being, we all blame everybody else for our problems. Right, right, right. That's how I like. Again, this movie's so up into interpretation for yep. anyone who watches it. I don't think there's a clear cut answer. It's like watching The Shining. Yeah, there's so many different sure. interpretations of what's going on. To me, it just that's how it read. It's that Pattinson just that has this insanity. You spilled your your what, you spilled your beans. You spilled your beans. You know, he kept saying it. What? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> um. That always, like, I was like, why is that such a point? He came back to him in his dream and everything. Mm-hmm. He's the one with the buried past. I don't think Willem Dafoe's got much going on whatsoever. Yeah, what he's, he's an old sea dog. Yeah, what he says is, you changed the fucking story. You said earlier that like, your mm. leg got uh, taken off in the storm. It's like, dude, I think you're the one who, we're watching the movie from Robert Pattinson's vantage right, point. Right, right, yeah. And I think we're slowly just watching a dude go crazy. Yeah. That's how I saw before you told me oh, what the other interpretations right, were. Right, because I was so confused by it that I went and I looked up interviews with the director and interviews with, because I think he wrote and directed it. And, um, yeah, him and his brother. Him and his brother. And um, they talked about how the they came into the story going, we want to tell the story of uh, like basically a conversation between two epic figures. And the two epic figures were Prometheus and the name that's escaped my memory, the son of Poseidon. Um, because the son of Poseidon was a shapeshifter who would torment mortals with his shapeshifting and trickery and drive them mad. So that that was the sort of the in point, in road for them. Triton? Yeah, I think it was Triton. Okay. And, uh, and so that was where they started. And so then they just wanted to layer it so that, again, it was intentionally open to interpretation, kind of like The Witch. Right. I said earlier, The Witch could be an exploration of female, budding female sexuality in right. the turn of the century, or it could be actual <laughs> witches. <laughs> oh, a squirrel just ran by. Literally a squirrel's like right at the window. He's just hanging out. Which I want to bring up, because, you know, The Witch, for people who don't know, was Roger, Robert? Robert Eggers mm. of... Like I think oh my was probably his first film, but one that really his first main big major film, big yeah. film prior to this one. He's got a thing with fucking spooky animals. He does. And what I love <laughs> so much about that in both the witch with a black 
what's the name of this? The goat. Oh, come oh. on, it's Black Phillip. Black Phillip. And uh, the seagulls in this one. Yeah, the souls of sailors went lost in the sea. I never realized how unsettling that is. It's yeah. just watching an animal give a really human, yeah. like, performance. Yeah. It immediately makes you go, oh, the elements are against us here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we're not winning this we're one. Either, like, they're either afraid of us or we're potential prey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> yeah. fucking unsettling. At one point in this film, Willem Dafoe says that the... The, the spirits of sailors lost at sea are uh, reincarnated as seagulls, and that's seagulls. why it's bad luck to kill one. And, and then, then Robert Pattinson is implied that he killed a sailor, and the soul of that sailor he killed is in a seagull that's hounding him. It keeps following him around. Yeah, and then he kills the seagull. So, also, it had one eye. Yeah. Like the head he found in the crate. Which I right. Is that what's implicating? Is that Robert Pattinson, he recognized it because he has one eye? Like, you yeah. saw that seagull, he was like, oh, that's undeniably... That guy, yeah. but then the guy, but then we kept seeing like this little blonde waif in his visions. Oh wait, no way! I forgot. Willem Dafoe also says the previous lighthouse keeper went, killed himself and went mad. Maybe that's who it's supposed the to be. The seal. See, yeah, I don't know. It could be the previous keeper, or it could be the guy Robert Pattinson killed. Yeah, because otherwise, who's the blondie waify kid? Right. It would make sense that the blondie waify kid. No, because only Robert Pattinson sees him in his head. It's got to be the guy he killed. It's got to be. Right, but uh. then he does have one eye, like the head in the in the lobster trap. Because there's only like if you think of it, there's four people mentioned in this entire thing. There's the two Toms, the guy he killed, yeah. and then the the previous lighthouse keepers. Yeah. So there's got to be one of the got to be somebody. and the sexy mermaid. So and it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you ever wanted to see a close up of a mermaid's vagina, this is the movie for you. Yeah, I hope when they make this uh, live action Little Mermaid, the animators oh, are yeah. paying attention here. Put a little vagina on Ariel. <laughs> oh God. Uh, ironically, uh, mermaids' vaginas smell like people. <laughs> that is the best joke you have ever made on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Not saying that they smell. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying for the record. Playing on a stereotype. Other Playing record. on a stereotype. But, um, um, that was good. Yeah, so... <laughs> but, like, again... Oh, I just want to quickly do, do, uh, go onto the witch for a second to say I really enjoy the witch but there's two moments in it that destroy the whole movie for me okay I've only seen it once but I think I remember well enough one is when the little boy uh, encounters the witch and they do that classic horror sped up frame cut thing of the witch grabbing him I was like that's fucking bullshit I hate that that cheesemo horror move and the other is at the end when the old woman is like in the barn eating something and then she actually goes (laughs) and turns and it's just an old lady crack cackling into the camera that I broke out laughing how stupid that shot was but then everything else is great in I movie. think and that's a problem because even this one it's so expertly told that moments mm. like that that are kind of cliche just stick really out like a sore thumb because the, these ones are they're both horrifying but without really showing any horror like, yeah. like, what's the guy? It's um, uh, it's terror. Yeah, the, the build up to horror. <clears throat> Ali Aster really likes to have that one shocking frame in there where you just see right. something like a head explode or something decapitated. And you're like, That's a head horror yeah. of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a, a different sense of like, yes, it's very Kubrickian. Of like, it's not the actual scare; it's the build up to it. Build up to it. Just excruciating. And on that note, I loved um, the soundtrack. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the dude. Mark oh, yeah, Corvin no. of just like the slow strings because it's like foghorns and that foghorn is unsettling as oh, shit oh how good is that just yeah. like the heartbeat of like yeah. whatever this madness is yeah oh it was so good the, the sound design in this flick was fucking phenomenal yeah 
Um, I just liked it because it made it feel so claustrophobic. Yeah, and then that really helped with the aspect ratio too. Yes, yes. Yeah, the the full frame aspect ratio is is very unsettling. Even though half the movie is shot in such dark conditions, you can't even tell. Exactly. You're just like, oh, I'm assuming the sides of the frame are not lit. But and then you're like, oh, right, 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 right. This then all of a sudden there's a lantern. That, you're like, oh, yeah. right, right. It's still a square frame. What yeah. I liked about that, it just made it feel like you were looking at haunted lithographs or yeah. something. Like, yeah. It's really effective. Like old school. And again, I if I'm wrong on this, I hope someone will correct me, but uh, in one of the interviews that I was looking up to find out what the fuck this movie was about, <laughs> um, they were talking about how they developed all these new processes to create that look. Um, when shooting the movie and it really made me sad that they didn't just go out and rent an old camera and yeah. shoot it on an old film camera. Yeah. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, like again, like, there's gotta be that, like, a, a, that's gotta be readily available. Right? You know? <laughs> like, there's archivists everywhere. Exactly. But... So, ultimately, I guess, the movie is either about Robert Pattinson's Descent into Madness. Yes. Or if you want to take it literally, it's about Poseidon's shape-shifting son fucking with a, a mortal until he drives him mad because it literally ends with Robert Pattinson climbing a lighthouse and finding a magical light trying to steal it being rejected and then prometheus for all eternity on the ground with his liver being eaten out by right. seagulls right. still alive so it's one or the other right. or a combination of the two because at one point when he's beating Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoe does turn into like this sea monster thing right. and remember when Robert Pattinson tries to go up the lighthouse the first time that weird artistic shot of naked Defoe going yeah. nah, with the eyes pointing the eyes are just the lighthouse brilliant. Light, which is the light of, of the gods I guess right or I guess in this case Poseidon's it light. was it had echoes of like the creation of Adam that shot mm. like very like Michelangelo looking, yeah like, kind of imagery. so that, that one shot alone makes me really lean towards the fact that Willem Defoe was in fact an ancient Sea god. See, I'll go with that because I forgot about that shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So he was the mermaid. So he was fucking Willem Dafoe because mm-hmm. he shapeshifted into a mermaid to fuck him. He did try to kiss him. So he was driving yeah. him mad, slowly driving him mad. So, but again, it's, it's hard to exactly interpret. It's not as easy as the witch because literally the last shot of the witch is them floating in the air. And you get it. You're yeah. like, okay, they're real. Witches. They're witches. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a little more convoluted. That's interesting because I really watched it from the lamest point of view of just like, okay, it's it's this dude going nuts. This is just mm-hmm. the, we're watching. Oh, me too. The pers- to look this up. Yeah, the perspective of just a guy slowly going crazy, but I like that that added layer of like, no, clearly the foes. Yeah, doing this to multiple sailors. Like, what? Yeah. That's the one thing that kept, the one shot that kept bugging me was the the mermaid marooned on the rocks and she's screaming because we all know mermaid screams are meant to call sailors, sailors to, to the, the rocks yeah. and run them aground so they can fucking take them. Yeah, it brings them to their demise. So I'm like, that she's screaming right at the camera. So yeah. it's clearly like I'm not. There's no way I'm the only one picking up on this. Right, right. No way it's in there by accident. So it makes sense that, like, that rock is the one that he just maroons dudes on, that he brings people to that lighthouse. He gets lighthouse. There however he can. Um, yeah. yeah. I want to see this again. Then. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth a repeat viewing in conditions where you can hear the goddamn dialogue. <laughs> Would really help. Because the lighthouse scene was confused. I remember at the point when he finally got up to the lighthouse and it was a magical glowing box looking like, for the super nerds out there, looking like the... Uh, Prophet's orbs from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? Why is this giant... Is this what's inside the suitcase in Pulp Fiction? Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> when, yeah. And then it gives the flame of the gods. I just kind of ran with the, like, the thought that, like, it was just a big metaphor of, like... like see, I wasn't well, wrong. Now, like, think of it, because I remember being in the theater thinking, okay, well, it's a, it's a giant metaphor for... I always see it as, like, some weird Marxist socialist thing. Mm. Fucking, uh... uh 
Pattinson is the working class guy. The upper class is represented by Defoe. He's the one who tells him to delegate the duties right, and tells right. him what to do. He's allowed to go look at the magic orb and jerk himself off because right. he's the higher elite. Fucking Robert Pattinson's the ninety nine percent. The bomb being like, I fucking literally have to sit here and get jizzed on. Uh, literally, yeah. And then there's an octopus. <laughs> yeah, and then he's not. The end of the flick is that he finally, instead of earning the responsibility of ascending like this higher learning thing, he just takes it violently. He mm-hmm. kills the dude, gets there, heads on up. And he's not ready for it, so it just blows his fucking head off, like metaphorically, and he's left just broken, broken, completely, but it's wrecked for the rest of his life. And I I think uh, he's corrupt. He's punished for the madness madness. that he couldn't handle. I think, and I guess if you a more literal Prometheus interpretation would be because the flame Prometheus stole from the gods was the flame of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And all Robert and then, Pattinson wanted was to know yep. what was in the lighthouse. Yes, that's it. So he just, so all that thing represent, potentially represented was just knowledge in general. Yeah, and it it just and knowledge destroyed him and left him broken and being. That's how I counter read it. Yeah, like it was just because again the lights like the light the light yeah and he just stares right into it and he just starts scream that yeah. scream he lets out yeah where it starts clipping the audio and just, kinda, just cuts it oh it's horrifying yeah. but. Yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed I just, the shit out of it, man. It uh, bu- it bugged it bummed me out because I left the theater going, have, "Am I getting dumb?" Because <laughs> I feel like twenty years ago or ten years ago, this would have really blown my mind. And I, but then I had to stop myself and go, because you were even said I was you were a little confused by it, sure. Because it, I honestly, I attributed it all to the fucking dialogue. Yeah, no, that's fair. If you don't hear what they're saying, it's hard to figure out just from the imagery. Dude, I had the exact same problem with The Witch because they're using like that 17th century yeah. old timey English speak. I was like, I have no idea yeah. what you're saying. He does his research on uh, yeah. on on lo- colloquial uh, speaking of research. So, mm. did you hear about, there's the story that's loosely based on, there's an other older movie in like 2016 called The Lighthouse that's based on the actual event. Oh, the, uh, the the two sailors. And- <sighs> so, like, they both got stuck in the, the lighthouse, right, mm. um, during this storm. And I think they were supposed to be there for four weeks and ended up being six. And they ran out of rations. But basically... Two weeks over and they ran out of rations? I, I think it was... I mean, I'm, I'm, okay, like, maybe I'm made the numbers wrong. Like, it was two weeks and they were stuck there for four more, so it ended up being six or something. Oh, okay, right. Anywho, um, dude dies. Both named Tom. Which dude... One of the dude dies. Defoe dude or Battenson dude? Uh, they, in the story, it's not really clear. Who's clear? They say there are two lighthouse keepers named Tom okay. in this lighthouse in like 1807 off the coast of Ireland, if I remember correctly. Ireland? So um, one, dude, one dude dies, but they were known to argue. So the, the guy who's alive knew that, okay, if I just chuck him in the sea, there might be suspicions of murder. I have to keep this corpse so they can see he died of natural causes. Right, right. So it's starting to decompose in the lighthouse. And he can't do anything. It's getting shittier outside. So he had to make this makeshift coffin and latch, put this dude in the box on the outside. The storm keeps coming. It tears apart the coffin. So for weeks on end, dude, this dude's decaying oh, corpse like a, is hanging out of the box. And scarecrow. The, yeah. And the worst part is the dude said that whenever the wind would blow, it would look like the arm was beckoning at it. Oh, Jesus. And God. it drove him fucking crazy. <laughs> him they said after the six weeks when they found the dude, he was unrecognizable. So that's 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 another movie that actually tells that story. Yeah, there's a what 2016 movie called American The Lighthouse. Uh, I think it's British. British. Um, that's a, that tells the story of that specific incident. So like uh, Robert Eggers said, he's loosely based it, yeah, inspired yeah, yeah. by that story. He started there. It started there, and then the conversation between these two gods. Yeah, but that story is 
when I That's read that. That's fucking horrifying. Right? Can yeah. you imagine? I want to see that movie now. It's kind of interesting. Is yeah. it just called The Lighthouse? It's called The Lighthouse. I think it's like, yeah, three years ago it came out. Interesting. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look that up. Because I would love... Because that's fascinating, the idea of these two guys stuck there. And I imagine there was, there was less homoeroticism in that one. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> and they just love getting down them lighthouses. He's a bit of a necrophiliac. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I thought he meant before he died. <laughs> oh, God, no. What am I, a monster? <laughs> well, that's what he meant. When that arm looked beckoning, he's like, I bet you if I opened this window and stuck my dick through the thumb, it'd be... Amazing. Just sewing up his fingers to his thumb. Like a little okay. A little, like a little okay. <laughs> or the white power sign. He's just going. I love that the white power sign is a universal sign for asshole. Yeah. That's and amazing. I, I remember in uh, elementary school, that's how you got away with saying asshole without saying Amazing. Uh, fucking white power. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, man, you got anything else on the lighthouse? I, other than I highly recommend watching it. Watch the trailer, and if it looks like your cup of tea, it's, it delivers so hard on that premise. And even, like, if we spoiled stuff for you, the the journey of this movie is... Because it's very simplistic, ultimately. I, again, I, I compare it a lot to The Shining, like, in the mm. sense of, like, if I were to spoil The Shining, like, it's bad you going nuts in the hotel. And he dies at the end. You're like, oh, well, fuck, but... The journey is so much yeah, more important. Yeah, you'll see what I mean when you yeah. watch it. It's how fucked up it is. Yeah. That's how I feel about this movie. I'm like, oh, it's two dudes in the lighthouse, and one of them goes nuts. Yeah. But, like, when you see the process of how we get there, it's it's spellbinding. That may or may not be uh, an actual sea god. Yeah. <laughs> fucking with him. With that Maybe. Su- with that subtext, oh, I can't wait to rewatch it. Mm. Like, It'll be interesting. It'll be, and I all I want to see is the behind-the-scenes shots of Willem Dafoe in his m- merman outfit. Just that one shot of him mermaned up. That's right. You know, he sat in a makeup chair for like five hours for like 20... One fucking shot. Like 0.2 seconds of screen time. (laughs) That's it. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately just go see The Lighthouse or rent The Lighthouse or however you can see it. Uh, Maybe not in theaters because unless... This is not the type of movie that will get like an IMAX release, right? It's not going to be in any kind of a theater that, that... will allow you to experience the way I'm sure the filmmakers want you to. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just wait till it comes out on video and then watch it on a nice big screen TV with some good surround sound and actually be able to understand what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> and get ready to see some fush poontang. Yeah, I get... Uh, Is that when you said... How many people walked out of your theater? Uh, two, the, yeah, an old couple... The, the last two movies I've seen, The Joker and, uh, and, and Lighthouse, had old couples leave right in the like last third of the movie. It was when the Joker um, stabbed the guy in the eye with the scissors is when they were like, oh, this is too much. And in the lighthouse, <laughs> lighthouse is when they uh, started getting a little frisky with each other. <laughs> which Graves is the same couple. It was the same guys. But no, I was sitting in the theater because I got there a little early just to get my seat. And uh, I saw this old doddering couple come in. I was like, they're, they're a walkout. <laughs> I, I know they're a walkout. And then when it happened, I was like, yes. I can't remember when he did, but one... Single dude walked out of the lighthouse. Out of the lighthouse, just what the fuck is this? Yeah, uh, he was right in the front too, which must have been horrifying. Oh yeah, like at that just like that. (laughs) It was interesting too because there was like some crazy lonely woman in the theater watching it by herself, and she literally like as it was ending, she got up and went and waited in the exit to talk to people as we were leaving, being like, "Wasn't that just the craziest movie?" And like trying to start conversations with people. She's like, I haven't seen a movie that crazy since that uh, that Darren Aronofsky one with Jennifer Lawrence. And it's just crazy, isn't it? I have three theories. 
one, maybe she's just a reporter, a podcaster or something. She's just trying to, like, sense uh, the she eyes. Looked, she looked like a two, rural Ontario <laughs> two, mom. Maybe she's just batshit crazy. Yeah. Three, maybe she's just a bat cra- crazy podcaster. Podcaster. You know? Maybe. maybe. You don't know. But I thought you it funny know. that she was so... Cause, that's Gloria. Cause, did Egg. you end up seeing Mother? No. Because that's super simple. It's just the Old Testament. That's all it is. So it's super... Like, the lighthouse is leagues beyond complicated past Mother. So it was funny that she was comparing the two. Hmm. And you're like, huh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's because Jennifer Lawrence yelled a lot. She was like, this is compelling. <laughs> you should. Do you like Darren Aronofsky? Like uh, Requiem for a Dream? I love Requiem. I um, love, um, what's the other, what was it, Wrestler? The Wrestler. Really uh, good. Black Swan. Black Swan's great. Uh, the Fountain. I haven't seen The Fountain yet. The Fountain's, it's, the music is some of the greatest score music I've ever heard in my life. Mm. The movie is a little pretentious at times, but I do enjoy it. Did he do The Fighter? Christian that was um, that was uh, Johnny Dipshit. The stories where he like puts he put Christopher Nolan in a headlock at one point to get one of the actors, uh, David O. Russell. Oh. David O. Russell's apparently a piece of shit. I watched one of those roundtable directors things, and he was there. And I was like, every time he opened his mouth, I was like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yep. He's obnoxious as shit. He made Silver Linings Playbook too, a story about two uh, like inexcusable pieces of human shit. <laughs> but they but they found love through dance. <laughs> they found love. They yeah. found, oh my god. Uh, I watched that movie me. once. I can't remember who I was seeing at the time. I just remember I turned, because they recommended me watch it. And I turned around and just went, really? <laughs> Did they just cure mental illness with rhythm? Is that what we're doing here? All it takes. Well, isn't De Niro charming? I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it's like how social anxiety is cured with a makeover. Oh, uh, like... exactly. <laughs> Ex- oh, dude. I was, was this movie made in 1984? Like, what is going on right now? Even though I have to say, in my, in my, uh, uh, and they place a bet. Robert De Niro's like, I bet you that their dance troupe can beat your guys. I'm like, are we serious? There's no way this doesn't end with them winning the competition. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He comes like, bring it on. Oh, it was awful. And the other movie that we're going to talk about in this podcast is V for Vendetta. Speaking of pretty people and monsters. Speaking of pretty people and monsters. Which one's the monster and which one's the pretty person? Because I, that guy, Fox, Fox Mask, is pretty sexy. Well... Natalie Portman may be a monster. She's definitely inhuman. I wouldn't say a monster. Did you see her hot ones? No, no, I didn't watch it. Oh my god, dude. So she eats this one that's like... Something like 13,000 Scoville or some shit. I swear to god, this woman... her She tears up slightly and just goes... That one is slightly unpleasant. Jesus Christ. And I'm like... Just because she's, she's Ivy League. Yeah, yeah, She's like a child actress. She fucking, um... I've heard, I've read like some tab, like so what do you call it, celebrity tabloids. Apparently, she's just the type of chick who, like, you're at dinner with your date. She just sits on your lap and she's like, "Hi, I'm Natalie Portman." And you're just like, "Ah, <laughs> oh god!" And you're leaving with her. Like that's the way she that's operates. The way she operates. And I'm like, I kind of respect the shit out of her. She's <laughs> boss as fuck. Like, holy shit. Um, I she's a, like the Jack Nicholson of like of, of, ladies. of ladies. I'm like, good <laughs> lord. Uh, she needs to get Me Too'd if she's the Jack Nicholson ladies, because I'm sure that's coming eventually. Except all his Me Too's are probably all dead. I mean, he is like 80 years old. You think Nicholson's are all dead? Come on, his cutoff thing about when he was 60, he was definitely fucking at least one or two twenty. True, true. So they're not dead yet. Yeah, they got to be around somewhere just waiting. Hey, the they're, times, they're still getting paid off. It's kind, yeah. It, the window's closing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> come on. Um, on the topic of the Hot Ones show, though, I don't understand. I... I would be a mess on that show. I would be sweating buckets. My eyes would yeah. be just bleeding. I'd snot would be coming out of my nose. It would be so unappealing to watch me on that show. I'm always shocked how many people make it to the just end. Make it like, but I'm, then they're not. 
dying. Who was it? I think there's only been one guest who was actually like having to wipe his brow constantly and was just glistening with sweat. And I'm like, geez, that would have been me. Was it? It was some older. I'm not going to remember who it was. This is so embarrassing. But it was either Coolio. It was Coolio. Coolio. And he went on, and they're like, "This is the last one, Coolio." It was like eighty thousand scovers or something. And he didn't say a word. It was so boss. He just picked up the wing, dumped as much as he could. Even the host was like, that's a lot. That is <laughs> a lot. Like, oh my. Your, yeah. He just stared him in the eye, ate it, dropped it, and nothing. Nothing? Nothing. And I was like, that was impressive as fuck. Like, I, I, God knows maybe when he got off camera, he just <laughs> got in the bathroom and cried for the next 45 minutes. But Maybe he prepped himself. Like, no, when he was going on the show, something. he just went and knew what to take. Because he definitely you know? he gives that like that, like... That I'm a monk about to light myself on right, fire, right, right. kind of stare as he does it. Like <laughs> he's just big into yoga. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, he's been living most of his life chilling in a gangster's, <laughs> gangsters paradise. paradise. So. That's true. With those horrible cornrows. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I rewatched V last night. I haven't seen so it probably since bad. it since it came out. I want to start with my complaint about it though that I Don't noticed because I haven't watched it in so long. Um, the first half of the movie, the editing is fucking atrocious. Like, atrociously bad. Because the, the basic rule of thumb for editing is if you notice an edit, it's a bad edit. Okay. Every edit was so awkward. Cutting back and forth between even characters talking, picking the weirdest moments to cut. And then, like, like one of the, the easiest trick for editing in a two-shot two conversation is make the dialogue of the one character overlap over the cut to the next character. Okay. But they were doing it so badly. Sometimes it would just be the second half of like a last word or 90% of the dialogue with the reaction shot, and it just was so awkward. But I have a theory about it, because the second half of the movie was edited wonderfully, and it was really like it lingered on its shots. It had its nice pacing. Okay. Everything, something simple like the, the pan across all the numbers on the doors, and it ended on number five, and it was the V. Yeah. All the shots were really timed out. So I'm wondering if they turned in a three-hour movie or a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and they did that fucking horrible thing of instead of just cutting out a subplot, they just trimmed every edit in uh-huh. the first half, but didn't touch the second half because the second half was the climax. It was Evie's torture. It was her coming into the rain. God is in the rain and the whole climax of the movie. So they didn't want to touch that. So I'm wondering if that was it because I kept noticing, like, it was awkward as fuck. You would mm-hmm. be almost like milliseconds after a line it would cut to a completely different location and scene and you're like what? <laughs> what's happening? oh here? I know it. the second you said that I can think of one it's whenever there's they first find here she is Evie Finner and parents were both involved in blah 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 it's like we're gonna need backup and it immediately cuts to yeah you're right it yeah. does do that quite a few times and only in the first half because I stopped noticing it and I was like oh it it stopped. <laughs> now, I wonder if... Because now you're going to be paying way more attention to editing in movies. Because, like, you're right. Now that you say it out loud, I'm like, that does bug the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's... You're, I totally think, oh, you're 100% right that maybe it was just too long and they trimmed it down. I think they did the bad way of trimming it so, down, yeah. But I wonder if it works for this movie. <laughs> I didn't notice it as much. Because, like, there is a manic, oh, my God, he's a terrorist kind of pace to that first half of the, the first movie. first half of it, yeah. But then you're right, when we get to Evie's montage of her training, it's, uh, her training, her torture, torture. it just comes right down. And it needs to. Right. It needs to. Because when it gets to her reading that toilet paper roll, you have to be on the ground like my right, right. is broken. Right, 
broken at this point. Do you think thematically, though, you want the editing to ramp up as you got closer to the finale? I think that's what I like about that movie is that it gets it starts off so it starts between these two people in the basement and it turns into the entire all of London by yeah. the end. It's, it's it gets broader at the end. But you know? like just just from that perspective of telling the story through like visual story, you'd want the cuts to get more erratic as the situation becomes more erratic in order to convey the chaos happening in London. But instead, the exact opposite happens. The mm. setup is erratic editing and way too fast. But then the ending is very paced and very thought out they and all, slow. Because that's the dominoes, man. Everything comes, everything comes together. Because like, I'm thinking it's about weird, those, those remaining shots of the movie like where they're playing the 1812 Overture. Mm. And it's just like, you're like these lasting shots of like panning across the crowd. I love the shot where they all take off the mask. Oh, it's all the dead people. Yes! Oh, yeah. dude, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, I always forget about that shot. I'm like, yeah, what yeah, a yeah. good way to end this And so quick, movie. too. If you're not really like staring, you don't you see don't... it. Oh, it's Steve Fry. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's such a clever way to end the film. And that's what I like about it is that that shot kind of solidifies. And I'm going off the whole editing thing right now. Oh, yeah, sure. But. <laughs> that, was just my, that was my only complaint about the movie is the first half was fucking edited like an amateur. Right. Um,. Just the theme of, like, it becomes this communal, like... By the end of that movie, you realize, there, like, you know, there's so many good salient lines in that movie of just, like, the government should be afraid of their people. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, somehow these ideologies died, man. There was a moment where it was going to be, like, this new people's republic. And it slowly got bought and paid for and mm-hmm. completely sold out. Now, with the war on terror happened, everyone's given away what they had left, which was their privacy and their yeah. security. And we've completely just chipped ourselves for all intents and purposes oh, yeah. hobbled ourselves yeah so it's just interesting that that movie that that movie that's based on a 1980s anti-thatcher comic all of a sudden you, <laughs> you know you listen to Pink Floyd's at the wall and you're like is this happening now right. like it's like the 80s has this weird echo now where the prophecies that were happening in the late 80s through the early 90s are totally galvanized now so when you watch that movie it gets terrifying by the end you know well that's what I was saying earlier is that like when that movie came out those concepts were like hearing a train whistle in the distance but now watching the movie last night it's like the train is barreling down on us and the only thing that these dystopic movies get wrong is the leaders are always intelligent and charismatic and not bumbling fucking morons who are able to rile up idiots. Yeah, Mike Judge got it right with fucking idiocracy. idiocracy that that yeah. was more accurate. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching that movie in theaters, and when they start talking about whenever, um, oh, what's his face? The I can't remember the name of the newscaster. And he's like, you know, I saw them Jews, homosexuals. They all come. I remember <coughs> watching that scene. I'm like, what in what world would a white fascist fucking regime take over an entire country? <laughs> and then the tea party happens. And then I'm watching this fucking it come to life, like not just in America, but over in Sweden, over like with it's, the it's, fucking it's wave across the whole world. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, so it's it's fucking fascinating how how like what do you call it? They adapted. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Ultimately, is. This movie is just wins on so many levels in mm. terms of like, it's so easy for this to suck. You're basing a movie on an Alan Moore comic. Oh, name name one really good Alan Moore movie. Yeah, it's really hard to to it's adapt really this hard. And they pretty much stayed on point. The only differences I can think of is like the comic book takes place over five, six years. And there's no love story between Evie and V. No, it's more like all. an apprenticeship. Like yeah. she trains in the end. Yeah. And the the spoiler spoilers the comic ends with um. Evie appearing at Big Ben after, because uh, what's it, Inspector Fry? I forget his name. Yeah, I'm bad with names to begin with. Inspector, I was waiting for you. Um, yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. he shoots V. He's the one who shoots him oh, in the subway. He? Yeah, it's not uh, the other guy. That guy, I think, kills the 
Okay. It's I've different never, than comic. I've, v is one of the few Alan Moore's I've never read. I, I haven't started out reading V. Uh, my sister went to university in St. Louis, so instead of driving all her stuff down when she wanted to move in, uh, flying it down, we drove, drove it, it in. So we left Cornwall at like 5 a.m., and we didn't get to St. Louis till 8 a.m. the next day. Okay. We literally drove the whole night with a busted tire. We drove through this massive puddle and <laughs> fucked up the rim. Like, hit a pothole so big it fucked the rim up oh, and everything. Jesus Christ. Anyways, the entire time, dude, the entire, like, 26, 28-hour drive, I was reading V for Vendetta. I picked oh, nice. it up. It was 26 hours. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. But that was with, like, with stops and stuff, right, like, right, stopping, right. like, at fast food places and all that noise. But still, yeah, it, yeah, from Cornwall to St. Louis, Missouri, it, yeah. like, you think, like, Central America, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we had to drive all the way down. Um, it was nuts. It was, like, probably the, like, the, by the end of it, we're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> but my parents are weird like that. I found out at Thanksgiving, whenever they first moved here, they drove from BC to St. John's. They oh, drove wow. this shit across. It's like, like three days. Yeah, they're crazy like that, apparently. Um, who'd have thunk it? Uh, <laughs> but, having, anyways, I read V to the point where when the sun went down, I cracked the glove box. Because my oh. mom's like, the eyes, it, it bugs her when she drives, yeah, so I just yeah, cracked yeah. the glove box. I had to finish it. Yeah. It's such a fucking good read. But I, I, I keep meaning to go through it, and I always put it off. Yeah, it's good. The inspector shoots V, and that's what kills him. Okay. Um, and then so they're, like, convinced, like, no, V's mortal. I killed him. He's in the subway tunnel now. And then all of a sudden they're watching the footage from Big Ben, and he appears. And that's Evie? And it's Evie. And, like, they're convinced, like, no, V is literally, like, this ghost of fucking right, right, this, right. this prophecy. He's an idea. Yeah, he's an idea. An you idea. cannot kill him. So he becomes, like, this superhero, which is kind of a cool ending because she becomes a new V. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, she actually does, like, completely... Yeah. She shows Robin up. takes on the mantle. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. awesome. Um, but the, in the movie, like, you're just left with, like, it's this idea that they adapted so well. They just turn it into one year. We can kind of condense the yep. story right down. Yep. It's just a year. We're going to... The love story, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, There's no... I don't, I don't know if it would have hurt her... Hurt it to not have had it, but it yeah. doesn't hurt it to have it. So. Yeah. Exactly. It's like either way, I didn't. It doesn't really change the yeah. fucking overall way I love about that movie. And just go find your own tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's charming as fuck in that movie. V Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I noticed his his body acting a lot more this time of how he because obviously he had to convey everything without his face. Yeah. So just even the scenes where Ellie would scold him a little bit, how he just sort of shrink back his a little, little head bit. Cocks. And you just like that. He conveyed everything he, he needed to in that one little motion. Now there was an other actor. Um, here we go. Um, blah, blah 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 blah. There was an other actor. They replaced Hugo. Hugo even was their second choice. I heard that. Who so was, who was I it? can't remember because some of the footage you see in the movie is actually still that the dude with just Hugo Weaving's voice on top. So I'm wondering. Did he just want to show his face? Was he hard to work with? Or I don't know. Uh, I know that, like, um, just halfway through production, they switched over to him. I don't know what... I don't think he wanted to show his face or anything. Maybe it was just... It was, like, a... What do you call it? Um, Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future kind of thing. Like, we got right. halfway into production, and we're like, he's just not doing it right. Or, like, uh, what's his name? Who's the original Aragorn? Uh, the villain from Mission Impossible 2. Like John Logan or something. He was originally cast as Aragorn, and then he was fired within the first like month of working because apparently he was a little difficult to work with, and they were like, "This is the thirteen month shoot. We don't want to deal with this." And then he was cast as Wolverine, and then he was fired and replaced by Hugh Jackman at the last minute. So he had two giant Ouch. roles just taken from him, and he's just completely disappeared because he's apparently a bit of a dick. He's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he, I guess if he's that hard to work with, that he's just getting booted off of all Logan these projects. Logan and Aragorn. 
Yeah. Two. Either one of those roles would have made his whole life. <laughs> yeah. That's so brutal. Yeah. But then he was a villain in Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> oh my two. Was that two. the John Woo one? That was the John Woo oh, one. Oh dude, that yeah. hurts so bad. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, did he like fucking hit an old fortune teller with his car I and don't know. cursed him? Like <laughs> and she just rubbed his hand on her her hand on his face and said, Failure <laughs> <laughs> Difficult to work with <laughs> <laughs> I think some gypsy woman failured me. I need to, we need to make a thinner parody called Failured. <laughs> this screenplay's awful. What? Failure. Failure. <laughs> the big gnarly mole on her face. So the actor's name, this, it's, I think it's actually the, it might be the dude who played, Lo- what was his name? Who? The guy who got kicked off of Logan and Aragorn. That's the thing, I'm not sure what his name is. <laughs> It'd be great if he got kicked for V for Vendetta. Oh, was it? Was it, was it? <laughs> I wish it was. That would be amazing if it was the guy. It's um, James Purefoy. Oh, no. Oh, James Purefoy. Yeah, I looked at his page. I, I don't recognize anything. It's weird it. to replace a, an unknown with someone who is arguably at the peak of, of their career with, with Hugo Weaving because he had The Matrix and The Lord of the Rings under yeah. his belt. And Red Skull, I think, around that point, didn't he? Uh, Captain America was 2009 or 2010. Okay, that's so five years But still, it's weird to go from a no-name to a superstar. Usually it's the other way around when they have to replace someone at the last minute. I, I bet that dude. He's huge. Uh, Hugo Weaving? No, he's massive. He's like six foot one. Really? Yeah, he's gigantic. Yeah, that makes sense. He's just, he is an imposing figure. What's he done recently? Um, Other than the odd Wachowski was, brothers He showed movie. up in that or, Andrew Garfield movie about him being the Mel Gibson one. He was the dad briefly in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The one, the, the, the anti-war movie that glorified the <laughs> fuck out of war. Because Mel Gibson. Yeah. He did not get that. Because I, I like Mel Gibson movies for the most part. Mm. I like Braveheart. I like... I love Apocalypto. I love Apocalypto. Yeah, I like Passion, or Passion of the Christ. Is amazing. I remember being really just like because I don't know. Like I'm a hard sell when it comes to any Jesus movie because one, the best one's Jesus Christ Superstar, right? And two, well, I, I Last Temptation of Christ. I though. sat through hours of that fucking shit. So the second you start showing <laughs> me the fucking like the stations of the cross, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Right, right. And that one was just a long well, fucking jerk off session of like, look how much he suffered. I'm like, oh fuck you. I'm the least religious person you'll ever meet. I do not like religion at all. I think it's responsible for all the bullshit we're right. dealing with right now. But strictly visually speaking, because I watch it, with, I watched it without the subtitles, so it was just this insane trip of a movie. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, where were we? Speaking of creating a monster, ah. one of the greatest backstories, man. Yeah. I like that V's just like, oh, we experimented with a lot of shit. He was like a super soldier program, almost. exactly, and yeah. like he's the only one who kind of a super soldier crossed with Deadpool when he blows yeah. up the facility in the first one, and then he gets burnt, but it survives because, and he has no eyes. Little Weapon X, yeah, you know, because they literally say he has no eyes, so he's just doing everything through this extra sensory perception. That's I always kind of got that he just got crazy sensory awareness yeah. and then super intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's but then what. he's totally human because I mean he has to wear the uh, Clint Eastwood style body armor at the end. He still dies from all those bullet wounds. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's not invincible by any means. I think maybe he's just his pain receptors are all just a little deadened. Up. And but like they say, he's stronger and faster. Oh, that part where he chokes homeboy up like a yeah. like fence. <laughs> like you're like holy shit. You're, you're gonna die with my hands around your throat. Oh, God. bollocks! Such <laughs> a kill him. 
That is just one of my fa- it's it should be in the wrong hands. That slow motion sequence is told cheese ball with oh, the yeah, glistening yeah. knives and shit. The glistening knives I still think are a little much. It's I mean even the trailer I remember seeing them like are they magic knives? Yeah. Like why are they glistening? That's aged like the Matrix whoosh noises. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um but still that moment of just him literally killing everybody yeah. in that room and choking that dude to death is so satisfyingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the ultimate message of um you kind of got to cut off the head of the snake to fix the world. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about V is that he knows, like, there's no place for me in the future. Yeah. Violent people will have no place in the future, yeah, so I need to go... better tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, that movie just fires on all cylinders for me. I remember when it first came out, I was in first year university, and we were hanging out at a bar, and these two girls were there, so we were chatting with them, and I remember... One of them's like, I didn't get like the whole metaphor about like why he wanted to dance. Like, why did they make such a big deal about him dancing? What metaphor? There's a part <laughs> at the end where never. Yeah, it, what's point of a revolution if there's not it's, dancing? It's like, it's not worth having a revolution. Is that really that deep of a concept? No. Just like, what's the point of what are we fighting for? It's that's yeah. fucking one of the. I don't think that's a metaphor. <laughs> ben, ben Affleck said in Armageddon, lady, what the animal cracker scene? It's the animal cracker fucking scene. <laughs> 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 and it put me off watching it for so long then finally I rented it I'm like this is awesome this like, is awesome fuck yeah. never listen to stupid university first year no. chicks clearly or never never listen to anyone yeah that's, that's at all yeah. that's especially the... not your governments yeah <laughs> they do not care about you what is it I, I made um, years ago I made two videos I had a third one where I was uh, playing a gay guy and I thought that was maybe offensive so I didn't do it because mm. I was doing it really over the top but I did these series of videos where I was an old man and then, I remember those like, yeah. off, uh, off the hip uh, speaking from the hip speaking from the hip it was I an like old this. man and there was like a hippie douchebag and the third one was a gay guy and I thought the gay guy one would probably I was like I'm, I'm not meaning to be offensive but you could have covered your bases by like sucking a dick and on then you were like I, not on yeah. camera just you know you could or just in on, general yeah and then people were like are you gay no but I did suck a dick one wasn't for me yeah well, one of the I'll tell you next one of, question one of the, the joke that made me go I probably shouldn't release it was um was uh, oh what was it exactly? It was something about how I love February because it's Valentine's Day and Black History Month, so I get I get, oh, something about like like sucking a chocolate dick or something. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Who else can I piss off in one sentence? <laughs> one sentence. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, the, the, I don't even remember where that story was going. <laughs> it was something about the hippie one going, uh, uh, the one thing you gotta remember is your government does not give a fuck about you. <laughs> that's like his catchphrase. This movie also kind of echoes other stuff. It's got a little bit of network in there. With oh, yeah. Howard Beale, like, mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of a, I don't know, I love that one shot. Like, it's almost like a Victorian painting when he's sailing over the church. That w- it looks like it's straight out of the comic book. Oh yeah, the when, the Evie, when Evie's in her little uh, schoolgirl outfit. <laughs> God damn. That that scene's a little on the nose. Where she where he's like, so the agency called. She might be a little too old for you. He's like, not too old is she? <laughs> it's so cartoony. You're like, oh god. I, maybe they were trying to go for camp, but like, I think it's because it's it's missing in all the other scenes where he kills. The person he's intending to kill. Yeah, it's pretty serious. And yeah, it's pretty, the plot that one's kind of very sh- silly. It's really silly. She's a little bit younger or no, older. older. Than you yeah, not too old is she? He looks like the wormy dude that helps Thanos out. The one who captures Doctor Strange. Oh Spain. yeah, she yeah, reminds yeah, you yeah. that squiggly fuck. Um, Squidward. <laughs> Squidward. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it's a it's a, just a British man. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that is for your grace to decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the following line. It's so on the note. There are a couple moments where it is like just 
Tunk. Yeah. Hammer over the head. Tunk. Yeah, a little bit. Priests are pedophiles. <laughs> Tunk. But then Natalie Portman in that outfit was not a, the, the worst thing in the world. But yeah. yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> It's not. It's 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 confusing as fuck. And the weirdest part is that like, she shows up at Stephen Fry's house later on. Oh yeah, and yeah, that yeah. you almost want him to be like, "Well, this is a bit forward." <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I don't really swing that way, but sure. <laughs> and he has the Quran because he likes the imagery, and that's what gets him uh, publicly executed. I thought it was also like the gay porn in yeah, the basement. I guess, but uh, V just says they also found a Quran. But I imagine it would be the whole. The, the whole, whole gauntlet show. of stuff he had. Did they say they have him publicly executed? I thought he just gets executed. Uh, they did just say executed, but I would assume. God, when he gets that baton to the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. fucking brutal. The second time in her life, Evie watches from under a bed oh. as someone is black bagged and dragged away. Oh. That's what I love about Alan Moore, too, is just the echoes that he likes to do, like reoccurring imagery. He'll put characters like in the same situations twice or have like their parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good. Yeah. No, it's a good movie. And uh, the Wachowskis... They just produced. Do they direct segments as well? I don't think so. I think they just they produced it. Just pure that produced it? Because yeah, yeah. the, the, the whole ending battle is very Matrixy. Yeah. It really has a whiff of the Matrix to it. So who directed it? It was. A certain director known as James McTeague. James McTeague. James McTeague. Has he moved on to grander pastures? Or? He did The Raven. Oh. Ninja Assassin. He's currently directing Messiah on television. Oh. Um, yeah, no, not a lot. Maybe... He kind of bombed, didn't it? I don't think it did great financially. No. No. Because they, they, they wanted to do superhero blockbuster numbers, yeah. but... And it did not do that, so I imagine the director got a little shit-canned after that. Yeah, probably. He had to like, take bite the bullet. But the Wachowskis keep getting to make bomb after bomb after bomb yeah, after bomb. Yeah, they must have, like, blackmail pictures of someone at Warner Brothers or something. Yeah. Like. I don't know. It's sort of like uh, how we assume that uh, all of Trump's um, mafia buddies have shit on the entire Republican Party. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like... Like, you know if you impeach him, you guys still stay in power, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just the vice president takes over, so why are you all so adamantly defending him? Seems odd. I didn't expect everyone to get underage hot tub orgies, but uh, there it is. <laughs> there it, there, there it, is. it is. There it is. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else I have to say about V. I it's, love the soundtrack. Uh, it's got a good soundtrack. You know, the, the, the score, Evie's theme. Um, is absolutely amazing. I love, yeah, the That's whole build up, the rain sequence. God is in the rain. Fucking so good. I love uh, the one track I play a lot is um, the dominoes fall at the end. Just because oh, yeah, the way yeah, it yeah. ramps up at the end of yeah. that one break is it's really good. Oh, it's a good track. Who did the soundtrack for this one? Some rando. It's um rando Calrissian. <laughs> oh, Robert Battinson and Rando Calrissian are the names for this 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 episode. <laughs> oh, by the way, I think I think Daddy yo, Maddie, and Natty. We're I think we're kind. Unless you have anything else to say on V, I'd like to go out by talking about how last week's episode was our fiftieth episode. It was the fiftieth episode. We kind of sil- silver anniversary. Uh, maybe fifty years has got to be more than silver, right? If you're together for fifty years, that's twenty five like, is plutonium or something uh, I think <laughs> yeah, that's silver anniversary is um <clears throat> 25 is silver is silver the 25th because Jurassic Park 25th anniversary made a bunch of silver jokes yeah it's 25th yeah. so 50th is plutonium or something but um 
Um, yeah, so... <laughs> 50 episodes! This will be our 51st episode. It's the we, gold anniversary. We unceremoniously blew past our 50th episode as a part two of Looking Back at 1994. That's correct. <laughs> and I regret nothing. <laughs> nothing. But this is our 51st, so we're now in our in our 50s. It's a golden anniversary so just a golden shower of love for all you yeah. listeners. And out anyone there. listening on Google Podcast and or iTunes or Podbean, <clears> and you're <throat> like, wait, this is only like episode nine. There are like forty other episodes available on uh, Bandcamp and YouTube if you want to check it out. Bandcamp and YouTube. Bandcamp. We Bandcamp has become sort of an archival site now. It's okay. Nothing new goes on Bandcamp, but it has all our old shit on it. Ah. Yeah. Everything's just on Podbean now. Yeah, Podbean. Yeah, woo. But uh, yeah, I mean, there it is. Light. What was it? Lighthouse. And Lighthouse v. and V. Uh, what's the, what's the correlating theme? Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. You and me are stuck in the lighthouse. Okay. Who goes nuts first? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> and I the think, same amount of booze because we'd be drinking. I think we both say ourselves. So I think objectively, one of us goes nuts, dude. It's well, let's yeah. say it's six weeks. Like that's that's a long ass time. Hmm. I think you might be you. Yeah, and I'll say that because um, I'm really good at being absolutely cut off from the world. It makes me happy. Okay, I I have gone weeks long stretches of not talking to anyone, and I'm absolutely fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> I could totally handle it. I'm gonna go with also me. <laughs> <laughs> Because the claustrophobia would get to me, especially yeah, if it, I'm not claustrophobic. But like, if it was just rain, like I can't even go outside. Yeah. It's just a hurricane hitting the walls all day long. I guess the X factor is having to deal with each other. I would just go drink in a corner by myself. Yeah. Because like alone, like me alone in a lighthouse for six weeks, that's like a fucking vacation to right. me. That sounds amazing to me. Trapped in a storm, I have to stay inside. Just give me a video game system and I'm good to go. I don't think I t- talked about that. Did I tell you about the stomach flu? You say, you were saying you were sick. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is. I mean, I'm just. It's too close to comfort for that. So I got a stomach flu. Started Monday morning was the election. Um, I woke up and you know what? When you sleep too long, you kind of feel like, oh, I have joint pain. Like, right, right, right. A little stiff. A little stiff. As the day went on, it started to get worse. And I'm like, this is abnormal. It's noon. It still hurts. And then I think by one, I was like, I'm going home. Like yeah. I feel like shit. So I, vo- I had to go and vote. I'm like pouring sweat, standing in line. My stomach was cramping up. So anyways, long short, from Monday morning to Thursday night-ish mm-hmm. was just nightmarish stomach cramps. Um, what you got? I, I, yeah, I have, it was either just a really bad case of little, stomach flu. A little bit of food poisoning, maybe? Could have been. There was a massive beef recall for E. coli. Hey. I didn't get meat from any of those stores Places. on the grocery list but I don't know where if I or take out where they got right, theirs right, from right. Yeah. so anywho I don't know but it, I wouldn't wish those five days on my worst enemy um, I was like waking up every two hours in a puddle of sweat just from stomach cramps screaming my people like fuck oh, fuck it would just Jesus come in waves Christ. it was bad it's dude like you're on your period it, yeah I was yeah. like oh I get it now yeah, like yeah. this is this is awful I would, this is like once a month dealing with this shit I would be fucking pissed off all the, <laughs> all the time all the time this is awful <laughs> Um, so, um, and it was weird. As quickly as it came on, it went away. You know, really? yeah, you know how, like, whenever you're sick, sometimes, like, as the, you get better from the cold, you still have, like, a headache. Slowly kind of, yeah. and you yeah. kind of feel lethargic. It's just... This was, like, Friday morning. I was like, okay, I'm good enough to go into work. I'm all right. And then by Friday afternoon, I didn't 
feel anything. There's that no, makes me think it was food poisoning. It was crazy. Yeah. It was so fucking crazy. So anyways, um, those four days, I was pretty much, the only time I went out was to go to shoppers to get stuff for my stomach. Mm-hmm. Then I come back here. And in those four days, I'm like, if I have to fucking look at this room one more goddamn time, <laughs> I'm going to lose my fucking mind. See, I think you'd go more nuts trapped in one place than I would. If if we were stuck in the lighthouse, but it was okay. Like, remember in the beginning, we was painting the side right, of the right, thing? Right, right. I would just do that. Just I would go outside, the paint ship. the lighthouse, fucking smack seagulls off rocks. I would <laughs> and just... I'd be waiting for the ranks. I'm like, I don't want to go do work. <laughs> See... If I was able just to walk, yeah, do the work outside and shit. I'd be inside jerking off in the lighthouse. Yeah, and I'd be down by that coal thing jerking off to a mermaid, you know? <laughs> Maybe we would and, be okay. Yeah. Maybe we're going to be okay. Maybe all right. Until the mermaid turns out to be my belly button. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Carson's belly button again. You son of a bitch. Gotcha. Uh, you son of a bitch. da 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 Take it all back. I think we'd be fun. I think we'd be fun. We'd be fun. Uh, Water would yeah. find its own level. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm done. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, next week. We're going to talk about. Um, uh, it's going to be the Netflix episode. We're going to talk about Dolomite and El Camino. El Camino. El Camino. The Breaking the Bad movie. Um, also, that I, I promise that that's the last impression I'm doing. I, I could not make that the first one the first one was a pirate that one just felt borderline racist and last week I did the, the Mexican accent which <laughs> is super racist and I'm talking about like my chocolate dick joke which is probably super fucking racist I feel like I should give you a pass on that one because this is like I'm 50% accountable for this uh, but uh, come on like, Black History Month Valentine's Day there's a joke there somewhere we just have to mine it out how about <laughs> this val- no. Oh, wait, oh, come on, you had something. You had something there. It's not even... It's, it's still doughy. It's not baked yet. But it has something to do with being cuckolded and having to watch a black man fuck your wife. Okay. Because that's a thing. That is a that thing. That is a cuckold thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure there's... Somewhere in there, there's like a, a ball... Like Happy Valentine's Day? Yeah, like a, a, a giant key party you could throw on Valentine's Day. What if, that helps what out if, inner city youth. What if <laughs> the money goes to a charity? What if the 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 redesign, uh, the social redesign, is on Valentine's Day during Black History Month? It's considered reparations to have a black man <laughs> fuck your wife. Perfect. It's perfect. Right? That's the, perfect. The green, deal. Green, 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 deal. The cocktail. Done deal. One white lady. <laughs> Or fella. Or fella. Or fella. It's all open, yeah. Or uh, any, any gender fluid people. Gender fluid. Anything can fuck anything. As long as they're white. As long as, <laughs> as long as the one blob is white and the other blob is not white. <laughs> as long as someone white getting fucked by a black person, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. All right, bye. <laughs>